Hey there, and welcome to episode number 085 of the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Ann, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results, so you can heal yourself naturally. I'm your host, Dr. Ann, and I'm a board-certified pharmacist and functional medicine practitioner. I help people find and fix the root cause of chronic conditions, and I specialize in gut infections and travel health. If you need help with your nutrition, food sensitivities, and healing your gut, you can book an appointment with me at drann.com slash work. And Ann is spelled A-N-H as in healthy. Happy Monday, and I hope you had a great weekend. I spent the past four days at a silent meditation retreat with the Art of Living organization in beautiful Haiang, Vietnam, uh, which is located about 30 minutes south of Da Nang. And last year when I visited Haiang, I knew that one day I would like to host a food as medicine retreat here. And it's this beautiful, peaceful, rural town with beaches, gorgeous, gorgeous nature. And the old town itself is a UNESCO heritage site. And I hope to one day share the beauty of Haiang to listeners like yourself um, in a food as medicine retreat. And, you know, this was my second silent meditation retreat, and it was just absolutely amazing. The last time I participated uh, in a silent retreat, I journaled my experience, which was not recommended, but I did it anyway. And uh, this time, I followed the suggestion to just be with nature and not to do anything that would activate the mind, which includes journaling. And this was the best decision because it allowed my mind to slow down, and I became more aware of my thoughts. And um, it was better for me because I was able to apply the toll gate that, um, you know, people talk about where I could consciously choose which thoughts I would entertain and which thoughts should not pass through the toll gate. And it was also the first time where I didn't really feel any restlessness while I was doing nothing. Um, I'm kind of a type A personality and I and I have a hard time relaxing. But um, with this this retreat, I was able to to really just slow down and enjoy nature and just be where I was and taste the food and, you know, hear the sounds of the environment around me. And it was just amazing. And if you ever have the opportunity, I highly recommend that you do a silent meditation retreat as I think it'll be very enlightening on your uh, spiritual journey. Now, if you've been making lifestyle changes as a result of listening to the show, I highly recommend that you look into Health IQ. They are a life insurance company with a 9.6 out of 10 rating on Trustpilot. And if you're a member of a qualifying gym or association for more than a year, you can qualify for up to 33% in savings. And Health IQ is an insurance company that uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people such as runners, weightlifters, vegetarians, and yogis like myself. And just like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for being a health conscious person and living a health conscious lifestyle. Health IQ can save people up to 33% because studies show that physically active people have a lower risk of heart disease, cancer, and diabetes compared to people who are inactive. 
And, you know, I remember when I was about 10 years old, one of my dad's very good friends was diagnosed with leukemia out of the blue, and he died within the year. And luckily, he had some life insurance in place. So his two boys who were about five and eight, who were around my age, I was a little bit older than them. um, His two boys and their mom didn't have to worry about paying for their mortgage on a single income. And I I believe it's never too early to start thinking about life insurance, especially if you have people who depend on you for your income, such as your spouse, your kids, your parents, or even your siblings. And you can see if you qualify for a lower rate and get your free quote today at healthiq.com slash food, or mention the promo code food, F-O-O-D, when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Again, it's healthiq.com slash food. Now, before we get to the episode, I want to let you know that the opinions expressed on this show may not represent my opinions, and the show is for general information only, not a substitute for medical care. So prior to beginning any new health program, I recommend you consult with a qualified health professional. And in today's episode, I chat with Sandy Starr. Sandy is a holistic health practitioner with certifications in clinical nutrition, herbology, and aromatherapy. She's a member of the American Holistic Healthcare Association and speaks on various topics throughout the year across San Diego, San Diego County. Now, Sandy has lost six dress sizes woo-hoo, and has kept it off for over 30 years, and she's been gluten and cow dairy free for more than 10 years after struggling with IBS, Sjogren's syndrome, which is an autoimmune disease, asthma, fatigue, and migraines. She has hands-on experience and understanding of many health issues and is dedicated in creating awareness that will impact our nation's focus on disease on disease prevention with proper nutrition. Sandy is the author of Beyond Gluten, A Healing Transition, which is available at karmic-health.com in their marketplace. Now, in today's show with Sandy, we talk about, in today's society, whether anyone should be eating gluten products. Is it safe to eat gluten when you're traveling abroad in Europe? What supplements she recommends for accidental gluten exposure when eating out? tips for transitioning to a gluten-free lifestyle, and a recipe for one of her favorite pasta-free dishes. What are some of the lab tests that she completed to monitor her progress on her healing journey and what tests she continues to get done every year? The simple activity she does every day to quickly reduce stress and much more. All right, let's go chat with Sandy. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Food as Medicine show with Dr. Anne, the place to be for real talk with real people and real results so you can heal yourself naturally. And today I have a very special guest. Uh, she's in a group uh, that I'm also in, and we, um, you know, we're people who are really interested in health, and we, um, many of us have our own healing stories, and we're working towards, you know, sharing our knowledge through our, from our healing journeys with people to help them heal as well. And Sandy, she's got a great book. Um, and she'll talk about that book. And she's also got a wonderful healing story. And I'm so excited to dive into it. So I'm really excited to have Sandy on the show. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Glad <laughs> I'm glad to have you. Um, so I, you know, I had a chance to chat with you briefly. And, you know, I've poked around on your website. And you've got, you know, a healing story like many of us. Can you share with us, you know, where you started in terms of your, your journey and, um, and where you are today, you know, how you were, uh, you know, how you've changed over time? Okay. Wow. <laughs> good question. Um, so I, you know, I was kind of sick as a child. I had heart issues when I was born and, and didn't have the greatest immune system as I look back. Mm-hmm. Uh, had migraines my entire life, even as a child, which was 
not a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I was diagnosed with IBS, Sjogren's, asthma, kind of a whole a slew of things um, mm -hmm. in my 30s. And by then I was starting to really, it was catching up to me mm -hmm. because I didn't really change anything at that time. Uh, so uh, I decided to see an alternative doctor, chiropractor and nutritionist. And she looked right at me and said, you need to be gluten-free. So uh, at that point I was like, okay, what is this? And what do you mean? And you know, yeah. so I started really getting into that and I decided to go back to school. And that's where I get my holistic practitioner and, and clinical nutrition and herbology and all that, because I wanted to understand it a lot more. I didn't want to have to, you know, go once a week or whatever to somebody and, and try to rely on them. I just really wanted to have an understanding. And then I just got completely addicted to it because it was fascinating. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I started working with some families and some people and I, I worked with a young autistic child and he was part of my inspiration because I saw such a huge difference even in him mm. to not even be communicating at one time and about six months later to be completely normal. It was amazing. Wow. And so in that time I was healing myself and I went off gluten and cow dairy and eventually I tested myself and I, I run labs also because I believe that they really show a lot. Mm. Uh, so I did that and, and just kind of healed. Peeling that onion is what I tell all my patients, you know, yep. is we have to peel that onion. And so that changed my life. I was, went back to the doctor, none of the Sjogren antibodies even show up mm. and the IBS, everything's great. So I just was pretty amazed at, you know, just using food as medicine and um, supplementation as needed. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my journey and also just having a lot of cancer in my family, mm. uh, watching my mom die from cancer and my dad very young. And I just did not want to go along that path. So, yeah. 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 So you made a couple of changes for the first being yeah. your diet, uh, going mm -hmm. gluten free and then eventually cow dairy free. Mm -hmm. um, so what changes did you make in the beginning? Was it just those two dietary changes uh, that helped you heal or did you, you know, tweak as you went along and mm -hmm. what does your diet look like now? Well, what's really interesting is when I was in my teens, I was pretty sick. I had uh, cysts and all that going on. So my hormones went crazy mm. and I gained 60 pounds. Wow. So in my 20s, I took that off by working out and eating what I thought was healthy. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't realize is that, you know, wheat bread's not healthy and yogurt with cow dairy is not healthy for me. So I had made those changes. So it wasn't like I was eating all that bad, although I am kind of a snacker <laughs> sometimes. Mm -hmm. But what I really did was I start, I definitely went off the gluten 100%. Mm. And, and then the cow dairy was secondary because, you know, uh, the colon and the upper respiratory is affected by dairy and gluten kind of is systemic with everything. So that made a difference just doing that. And then of course, getting into more optimal foods, learning how to, you know, cook differently um, and all that. And this was over a decade ago. So it was a little bit different then, um, you know, with the gluten free. So mm. yeah. Sure. Yeah. So as far as um, the, the, the gluten that you came off of, you know, okay. you have a book called Beyond, um, Beyond Gluten, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so do you feel that it, in today's society that everyone should be gluten-free? 
um, because of how toxic the gluten has become? I would have to say yes, mm. because it's a, it's a sort of double fold here because gluten was hybridized way back when, and it was changed. So the DNA structure was completely changed. And that's why it's also called Franken-wheat, right? Mm, yeah. And I always say, if it's not of God, we shouldn't be eating it. Mm. And uh, so that's one of the reasons. And the, the protein itself, the gliadin, is 500 times stronger. So we can't be eating it all the time. Yeah. Uh, and the other reason is because it's, it's sprayed with Roundup. I mean, it's, it's sprayed. It's toxic when it's harvested. So you get that as well. So even if you're not intolerant, you're still getting a lot of toxins in your system, unless maybe it's organic, but at the same time, it's not really the same plant it used to be. Yeah. So it's, it, and the, the reason I wrote this book too was because we want to go beyond gluten and look at a healing transition. That's mm. what the subtitle is, because we want to look at doing whole foods again and all of that, right? And, and gluten, you can easily go off gluten without losing fiber, for example, mm -hmm. right? So there's a, there's certain ways to do it that, that can help you heal. Yeah. So as far as um, gluten substitutes, I guess, mm -hmm. since we're kind of on that track. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, you can, you know, uh, eat gluten-free without losing fiber. Because there's many products out there that are gluten-free, but yeah. are, um, you know, rice products, potato starch products, and mm -hmm. they um, don't really have a lot of fiber and they tend to shoot up the blood sugar. So, you know, mm -hmm. how do you help people transition from, uh, you know, their normal diet to being gluten-free, still satisfy their cravings, but also mm -hmm. make sure that their foods aren't just, you know, quote unquote junk foods that seem yeah. like they're healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you really got to eventually get into the kitchen <laughs> and cook, but mm -hmm. there are some pretty decent products out there. There's um, some, even some breads that are seven grain. Um, so you're going to get some fiber in there. Um, you can get fiber through your vegetables and some of the fruits, right? So mm -hmm. there's other ways as well. And I, I personally don't do a lot of grains. Mm -hmm. I do more of a sort of a paleo approach, if you will, um, in the sense of, for example, if I love cookies, right? So I've learned to make them with optimal ingredients, almond mm -hmm. meal, coconut oil, right? Mm -hmm. um, a little bit of maple syrup. So there's really, there's no refined sugar. There's no grains. There's no dairy. Um, it's just, it's, it's a great way to sort of transition with that. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of ways you can do that. And then eventually play around in the kitchen and start making things. And there's a ton of resources out there with some healthy versions of gluten-free. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so what would you say are unhealthy versions of gluten-free? What types of flours or foods? Mm -hmm. I would say a lot of the packaged stuff that, um, and this goes for organic as well, by the way, is just because it says gluten-free organic doesn't mean it's healthy, right? Exactly. You look at the sugar, you look at the fiber and the protein content, for example. Mm. Um, you know, some of the breads like white isn't necessarily going to be good on the sugar um, mm -hmm. or the glycemic load or glycemic index, mm -hmm. um, you know, packaged cookies and treats and things like that. And, and what happens when somebody first goes gluten-free, let's say they're diagnosed with celiac and they have to be gluten-free, they just go nuts in the store and try everything on the shelf because it's gluten-free. Yeah. Um, but eventually you have to say, okay, well, maybe a treat once in a while, but I really need to heal along the way. So, right. Sticking to whole foods, uh, I think is ideal. 
-hmm. And if you're going to do grains, you can do quinoa that's higher in protein. You know, um, I usually say stay away from, especially for weight loss, you want to stay away from processed foods anyway, and you want to stay away from white, you know, white rice and all of that. So uh, I think that makes a difference in looking at the glycemic index or the load that you're doing in the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Healthy. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Um, in terms of grains, you say you also avoided grains. Um, what grains specifically have you avoided? Well, it's not like I avoid them all the time, but I just feel better when I don't eat a lot of grains, you know? Mm. Um, I'll have rice once in a while, but, you know, rice sometimes can uh, kind of bloat you, if you will, Mm. if you eat Mm. too much. And and the big thing, too, to remember is portions. So you don't want two cups of rice with your dinner. You want maybe a third of a cup cooked, you know? So I think portion plays a role in that too. So you can still enjoy those, the gluten-free grains. But mm-hmm. personally, I, for example, for pasta, I usually don't buy gluten-free pasta. Um, what I'll do is either do the Spiro zucchini mm-hmm. or I'll use portobello mushrooms, make a spaghetti sauce, pour it on top. And I do goat cheese and um, sheep milk cheese because the oh. protein is smaller and I do okay mm-hmm. with that. When I run labs, I can test for both of those, which is really nice. Mm. Um, and I'll sprinkle that on top and bake it. Mm. And it's, it's fabulous, you know, and it's not, you know, not getting a ton of carbs except for, you know, within the sauce. So that's a nice way to do that. So I try to find ways to do more, you know, plant-based or, you know, and if I do eat proteins, um, obviously I want to do organic uh, meats and proteins like that. So definitely makes a difference yeah yeah well that um <laughs> that portobello pasta it's sounds, del- oh, sounds yeah. delicious it's yeah <laughs> oh okay you gave us a little yeah. sneak peek <laughs> yeah it's you know and it's so easy like people you know once you kind of dive into it it's really not that hard to f- figure out how to make things gluten-free like you said the spiralizing vegetables and um i made cookies the other day yeah granted they had oats and it was just oats and banana and some mm-hmm. other things but um yeah. gluten-free is super easy yeah. so yeah um, that's great when you, when you think about children you have mm-hmm. to come up with things like that you can't oh you're not gonna do any grains unless they're intolerant um but exactly that would be a perfect cookie for a child you could even throw some dark chocolate chips or some raisins or something like that yep. yeah absolutely we, that's exactly what i did <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and w- with a little bit of almonds um uh-huh. as nice. far as you know um i have so i had a listener email me and she she's been implementing gluten-free and dairy-free and mm-hmm. um she still you know goes out with her friends and sometimes struggles when she goes out to eat mm-hmm. with being accidentally ex- exposed to gluten mm-hmm. and then she has mm-hmm. these adverse effects so yeah. um you know do you personally go out still and then how do you help people navigate that if they do uh-huh. yeah i absolutely do i mean i i like to eat at home more just because i can control mm-hmm. uh, and i eat really quality food right yeah. So, um, and I do ask people when I see them, how many times do you go out to eat? Because that's important to know. Mm. Um, I will go to restaurants that I know uh, are going to work with me. Mm-hmm. And if I go to one that doesn't, I usually don't go back. Mm. So they're, you know, they're, it's really popular, you know, now the buzzword gluten-free. Yep. So it's pretty easy to ask for a gluten-free menu mm-hmm. and then you can go from there. But if you're also dairy-free, it gets very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so usually what I'll do is I'll, you know, you know, ask if the chef can come up with something. Here's what I'm thinking about. 
I've had some restaurants that are amazing with that and some not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had one restaurant where they still brought food out that had dairy on it. So you really have to pay attention. Um, for cross contamination, there are enzymes that you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, even the GFCF en- enzymes or gluten flam from Apex is good, especially for celiacs. I always have them take those when they go out to eat or if they go to somebody's house to eat because you're going to get cross-contamination mm-hmm. unless you're at a, a kitchen that's 100% gluten-free. Have you used the Gluten Dairy Digest with peer encapsulations? Yes, I like that too. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's yeah. the one I use. and. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I find I it works quite well. some in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some good ones out there for sure. And, and they're really important to have on hand. Mm. Yeah, I keep it in my bag and then I take it, you know, when I go out and I order gluten-free and I, I just, just to be sure in case there's like no accidental exposure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really important because you don't want to have flare-ups all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, a small amount, depending on your sort of level of, of sensitivity, mm-hmm. uh, it can really affect you. It does me for sure. Yeah. And it can, you know, raise your antibodies um, or it can cause uh, inflammation in your bloodstream for even months after the, the exposure. So I know. Yeah, absolutely. I know yeah. it can take eight months to get out of the system. So, <laughs> so it's important. It yeah. Exactly. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, um, you know, have you ever had people who said, okay, well, I'm traveling, you know, I'm going abroad to Europe, and is it safer to eat gluten abroad than it is here in the States? You know, it used to be, Mm. but not so much anymore, even from talking to people that have traveled abroad, and it's just, I honestly feel that the gluten is worldwide spread now, and I personally wouldn't feel comfortable trying in other countries. I mean, I've been to South Africa, where my mm. husband's from, oh. and I still didn't eat gluten there, you know? So, mm. um, and luckily they were pretty cool about it there. They, you know, <laughs> kind of worldwide now, which is nice. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, I don't, I don't believe that it is uh, safe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's sound advice. Better to be safe than sorry. Um, right. Now, as far as your book, I know you've got this fabulous book with all these delicious recipes uh, for going gluten-free and helping mm-hmm. people yeah. with that transition. Um, mm-hmm. Are there, you know, one or two tips that you think um, are really helpful to, to help people in their transition? Uh, anything that you can, you know, help people get started with? Mm-hmm. You mean as far as switching things out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the things I'll do is kitchen revamp where you go through your kitchen mm. and it's really kind of important that the family's on board, mm. that you have that support. So commitment's number one. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And to revamp, take all the stuff out that you know and you donate it, you know, you get it mm. out of your house. <laughs> um, luckily with me and my husband, uh, he was fine with it. So there's no, none in our house, you know, and I... We're 100% gluten-free in my house, which is really important. Um, so it's revamping and just really kind of taking an assessment of what food you like. For, for example, if you like Italian, you could do the portobello mushroom recipe or the spiral or the gluten-free noodles at first, and then you kind of work your way towards more of a healthier version. Mm-hmm. I call it stepping up uh, to more optimal ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keeping snacks on hand is important. Even the, some of the bars, 
just because you can have them on hand, you don't mm. want to go hungry. Yeah. That's one of the things you, or if you go to a party, you take something with you that you can eat, mm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And you kind of plan ahead. You always have to plan ahead and have a game plan when you're going out places for sure. Um, so the kitchen revamp, I carry a cooler in my car with water and nuts and things like that that are not really perishable. Mm. So um, that's always good to have on hand or something in your purse um, that you can nibble on. So your emergency you stash. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really revamping and looking for a handful of recipes that are go-tos. Mm. Broth on hand, you can get gluten-free, of course. You can mm -hmm. get really good broth as well. And you can make stuff with it. You can make a soup with it. You can you know, keep some spaghetti sauce on hand. Um, soups are good to keep on hand. Things like that, you know, canned beans, not that I eat canned food all the time, but, uh, you know, things like that, that you can throw something together. I keep tons of vegetables and I love Thai curry. Mm. So I it's so that. easy. It yeah. is so incredibly easy and it's so good. Mm -hmm. um, I'll have that. A lot of times, you know, I'll make rice for my husband and I won't have rice or just a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. um, I like it just by itself. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And it's super easy to make. Once you make something a few times, it's, it's awesome. And a lot of times what we hear, and you probably have too, is people think it's really hard and then they do it and it's like, oh, that wasn't that bad. I, you know, and then they get more confidence and they start getting more recipes and yeah. Mm -hmm. So definitely keeping things on hand and throwing together stir fries or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. you're getting new vegetables for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think all those base rest, like template recipes are so easy because like a stir fry, you just kind of switch out the vegetables and the, the yeah. proteins and you've got a whole new meal and the sauces and same thing yeah. with the curry. Like you just switch yeah. out the vegetables, the, the protein, mm -hmm. you know, and you got a new dish. So it's, it keeps right. things interesting. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and also whatever you have on hand, you can throw something together mm -hmm. like that. Mm hmm. As far as you, you, you mentioned rice, that you'll occasionally do rice. Um, do you do kind of like a brown rice? You do white rice? What's, kind, what's your thoughts on that? Um, usually I'll do a brown rice mm -hmm. um, or sometimes I'll do jazz, jasmine rice. With rice, the shorter it is, the more sugar, basically. Mm -hmm. So the longer the, the grain, the less sugar. So that's kind of how I go by that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If I do rice. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. As far as, um, you know, it, reliable information, I think there's a lot of information out there nowadays about gluten-free and it's, um, mm -hmm. yeah. it's all, you know, some of it can be conflicting. Um, mm -hmm. where, where do you suggest people go to find good quality information? Well, my website's awesome. <laughs> I, I set it up in 2008 as a resource mm -hmm. and built it from there. Uh, lots of links to where you can go to certain you know uh, resources and all, it's 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 pretty great as far as that goes celiac.com celiac.org is a great resource um uh, taca like uh you know autism sites things like that sometimes there's some good stuff out there but yeah you you do want to know your source or if you're reading an article see where that's coming from or if it's sponsored by anybody. There was one recently, I talked to somebody this morning um, and they're kind of trying to say the gluten-free diet is not healthy because we don't get enough fiber and it's not heart healthy. Well, if you go gluten-free or any kind of diet and you pick processed foods, of course you're not going to be healthy. 
Mm -hmm. So that came from, we're still trying to figure out who actually created that mm -hmm. because it's got to be backed by somebody that's got an agenda, right? right. Yep. So you got to kind of look at that um, as far as resources. There's a lot of great um, doctors out there that, um, that know gluten-free and, and all of that too. So really just finding those specialists in, in the gluten-free world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm of a pharmacy background and people, when we look at studies, we, one of the first things we look at is who funded the study, right? And yes. then we, we keep that in mind because then that helps to identify any potential bias in the way the study was designed or, um, in the way the results were interpreted. Um, yes. and so, yeah, that's always something good to investigate. Absolutely. Um, and, and a good example of that is the low fat diet. Mm. right it yep. was put on by the sugar industry uh saying it was you know not healthy for us well we need fats fats are healthy if you pick the right fats exactly so yeah and i do talk about that in the book sugars and fats and all that because it's important to know what's good and what's not you know mm -hmm. so yeah so um as far as, so we know gluten has changed a lot over time. Are there any other foods that, that you have found has changed? Um, and not for the good, more actually for the, uh, you know, change for the worse. Um, are there any foods that now that you, when you talk with people, you try to get them to avoid? I think you had mentioned the cow dairy. Yeah, cow dairy. There are studies that show that that casein can really flare up uh, cancer. Mm -hmm. And when I work with cancer patients, they are definitely off of dairy. Mm -hmm. and definitely off any inflammatory food. So the, the top two inflammatory foods are gluten and, and dairy, cow dairy. Um, corn's not the greatest. Um, mm -hmm. It, you know, it's, it's cheap and it's used in a lot of stuff, but it's got, it can carry a fungus mm -hmm. and, and corn can be inflammatory. And so some of the, um, the cross-reactive um, cross foods which corn would be one of them, some of the gluten-free grains. So we kind of take it down to another notch, if you will, uh, and look at stuff like that. But it also depends on who's manufacturing the food. Because, you know, you look at a local farmer, that food, you know, they don't spray it and it's local. It's, you know, that's such a difference between something being trucked in from another country that we don't know what they're doing to it or even here, right. Mm -hmm. That we don't know even with our fruits and vegetables. Yeah. So it, I really think it goes back to the source of who's actually producing this to begin with. That makes a difference. Not saying that corn, there's a difference, but <laughs> you know, um, but again, I would say corn soy can be problematic. You know, you want to look at the top eight allergens, right? So mm -hmm. soy's on the list, dairy's on the list. I got to tell you, I have people that react to eggs a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I react to eggs. Whites in particular, mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. so, and they're on the cross-reactive list. So if somebody has a gluten intolerance or they're celiac or an allergy, mm -hmm. definitely look at those other foods because more than likely you're going to have other issues with, with those foods. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you had mentioned in your journey you've done some testing. What are some of the tests that you've done um, to heal yourself and then now to monitor your progress? Sure. Well, definitely hormones <laughs> as we get older. Um, and unfortunately, I had to have a hysterectomy when I was 20, mm -hmm. uh, partial at 16. So I have to kind of monitor that. 
But hormones are very important. Um, as you know, that's kind of runs our engine, right? Mm -hmm. um, that includes the thyroid. Very, very important. Uh, I do a food panel. I do one on myself annually. Um, I'll do an IgG or you can do an IgG IgA panel to see if you're having any kind of response, which would be a delayed reaction, which is more important than an IgE, which is an immediate reaction. Uh, that's like what they do, the, the test on your back, right? Mm -hmm. That's a whole different thing. But when we look at intolerance, we look at that delayed reaction that ties into systemic issues in the body, even, you know, cholesterol, weight for sure, right? So food panels, I think, are really, really helpful. Another one I like to do is micronutrient testing. So we can actually see what we're deficient in so that we, you know, we know our body's not functioning, our energy's low. Well, we might be deficient in something in our cells. Uh, so these tests actually go in and they'll look inside your cells, which is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in the office, we'll do maybe IV replacement or supplementation, things like that to get stuff back into the body, change up the diet accordingly as well. But of course, if somebody has GI issues like leaky gut, they're not absorbing nutrients. And so sometimes IVs are important through that healing phase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those yeah. are some great tests for sure. Good. And do you use the spectra cell for the micronutrient testing? Yes, I do. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 yeah, I had done that recently too. It's really, it is fascinating to know that we can get to that level of detail. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. You know what they do uh, in offices, they'll test cancer patients and then they'll do IV therapy mm -hmm. and then six months later test again and you can do that comparison. You can do that for anybody really is once you start doing the, um, the therapy with them, you kind of want to have a comparison, right? So yeah. six months. And usually on the food panel, I'll do six months to a year out, depending on what comes up really mm -hmm. uh, with that person. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. So you can see pro the progress objectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's on paper. It's like, here it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So I never got much into muscle testing, although I think it's a great tool. I'm just more of a, you know, technical person where I want to see it on paper. And I think most people having that visual makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as far as um, I wanted to do, dive a little bit deeper into your healing journey, you had talked mm -hmm. about some of the um, dietary changes you've made. Um, mm -hmm. What were other um, lifestyle changes that were very mm -hmm. crucial to your healing? Ah, um, very crucial is uh, paying attention to your stress level. Mm. and um, exercise is important at, at whatever level you're at. Detoxing is critical. So even dry brushing, infrared saunas, things like that. Um, I love to walk outside. So for me, that was really good therapy also because it would give me a chance for an hour or whatever it was to get out there and do all of those things, right, with mm. walking and you're helping your bones and all of that. So uh, exercise was important. Um, and also, you know, um, honoring myself uh, as far as, uh, you know, prayer and having that connection and being around positive people, you know, uh, being married to an awesome person, <laughs> you know, uh, those kinds of things, because our lifestyle really can dictate how our cells react. Mm -hmm. And if our lifestyle crazy, even though we're eating okay, we're not, we're not doing the whole picture. 
So that, that's a really important one. And it's a really good question is, wow, we have to look at your lifestyle and your mindset and all of that, um, because that plays such a huge role. Would you say it's as important or, or more important? Like, how, you know, how does it compare to the food changes? So I think honestly, food is number one, because Mm -hmm. that was where everything starts. And that we're putting food in our mouth every single day, Mm -hmm. three times a day or more or less, whatever it is. Uh, We have to be aware of what's going in because we're feeding either the good guys or the bad guys with the microbiome, right? Mm -hmm. Our bacteria balance. So that's really important for sure. And that's pretty much the core. That's where our immune system is. 75% of that is in our gut. Mm -hmm. So we have to, and that honestly, I think that is what turned me around was understanding what was going on in my gut, Mm -hmm. the IBS and all the other stuff going on. When I change the food and and I eat what works for me, that makes a difference. Even all those years of losing the 60 pounds and, and working out, I mean, I had very low body fat. I look great on the outside, but I was pretty sick on the inside and I had such severe migraines, right? So until we really figure out what works in our body and everybody's different, there's no one diet for everybody. You know, I really, really, um, I stress that with people because, you know, you can do programs and all that and that's great, but at some point you have to customize that. Mm -hmm. So food, yes, number one, even working out, like, you, you know, you could, talk to a personal trainer sometimes and they're kind of switching a little food up, but they're not looking at that person's body. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, working out can have, it's great, but that's, you know, 80% is probably diet, honestly, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, stress you had mentioned was crucial to your healing and you know, we all deal with stress on some level every day. How do you make it manageable in your life? How do you keep the stress levels low? You know, how do you, um, uh, just handle the daily stressors that come into your life? Um, I honestly pray, (laughs) you know, I have that connection with God. I think that's very important because it's really grounding for me. Mm. Um, and again, I surround myself with good people um, I, I always have like a focus on, on, on making a difference so that you add value. And mm-hmm. when you feel that you're trying to add value, I think that really puts you in a good place and not saying every day is perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I have days where I'm just, I don't know, I'm just stressed, you know, or, or anxious. <laughs> yeah. And then I think to myself, what did I eat yesterday? <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I really feel that grounding makes such a difference, whether it's prayer, walking on the beach, putting your feet in the sand, going up to the grass and just standing there. Those really, what's interesting is that energy shifts. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's not something that you really see, you just feel it. So mm-hmm. that to me is, is just really important. I feel that if I don't do those things, I get too much in my own head and I just start getting stressed out so yeah I um I live closer to the beach now and I remember after like a long day of work my friends and I were like oh let's you know just hang out at the beach um and so like literally I as soon as I took my shoes off Uh and stepped on the sand like that like the stress melted away yeah Yeah. Yeah. it was it makes a big difference I know Mm -hmm. yeah 
And it's, it's the negative ions from the, from the, from the earth. And so I really make a point like every day to just go barefoot for like 10, 15 minutes on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. (laughs) No, I'm with you on that. I totally agree. That's, Mm. That's a big part of it. And that's that lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Well, you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you had touched upon GI health and how important that is. Um, are there, you know, any tips that you have that would help people improve their GI health? Yes. Um, I would say make sure that you are not dealing with leaky gut, candida. Um, there, there's tests for that or there's symptoms for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just keep in mind our immune system is our GI. It's our gut. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to know what we're feeding. So there's a lot of people that get candida. They don't realize they have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the gut's not healthy with the bacteria, you're not really digesting anything anyway. So that's a really important place to start. That's mm-hmm. where I always start with people, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's to really get that balance. Call it, you know, you have to have that that balance in the GI tract. So that systemically your body's working <laughs> optimal mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think leaky gut is like kind of the first step is make sure that you, um, you remove mm-hmm. the foods that are causing it and yes. start so healing the gut <laughs> and yes. then go, and go from there. Yeah. Yeah. You want to, you want to identify and remove the triggers. You want to, um, kind of replace, right. You mm-hmm. want to, you want to balance things out and you want to re-inoculate. You want to rebuild, you know, the good, the good, the army in there, right? So mm-hmm. uh, kimchi, uh, fermented vegetables, things like that. Probiotics, I think, are really important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, eating fiber. Um, cruciferous vegetables are really good for mm-hmm. as a prebiotic. They feed the good bacteria, right? Yep. Sugar feeds candida. Mm-hmm. And so when you start craving sugar and eating a lot of sugar and all of a sudden it's not as sweet as it used to be, then you've got to really be careful on that. So yeah, that's a big one. A yeah. really big one. Mm-hmm. And I just started uh, making kombucha at home and I nice. was so shocked how easy it is. Yes, I know. <laughs> you can like, live with that funny looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. At first I was just kind of like, oh, but like, it's, yeah. like, it's like my pet now. Yeah. <laughs> my kombucha pet. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so low maintenance. Like I can go away and then come, you know, for weeks and, and it'd still be fine. So, um, so I love it. Yeah. I like to make, um, I'll do like the kefir mm. with coconut milk. Um, a lot, you know, I like to do that once you get the kefir grains and you just keep, you know, recycling them. It's so easy. Yeah. You know, there's, you can definitely do that stuff. Um, or I have a big pot. I got the farmer's market to do fermenting on the vegetables. Mm. Um, super easy to do and really inexpensive in comparison yeah. to buying at the store, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I don't remember where I read it, but it's, you know, oftentimes eating the, the food contains in one little teaspoon more probiotic than you could in a, a really good probiotic supplement itself. Um, and so, you know, and uh, so I think it's very important to eat the fermented foods and have a variety of them. And, uh, so, and it just makes things more tasty. So. Well, that's true. And I always tell people just do a tablespoon a day, actually, mm-hmm. with, with your dinner or lunch or whatever. And, and that's what I do. I keep a bag in my fridge and just do a little tablespoon. Uh, it definitely puts some good bacteria in there for sure. Yeah. 
It's Sometimes really... I do more <laughs> than a tablespoon. I know. I mean, you can handle it. Why not? Right? But some people think they have to eat a lot of it and they don't. You it's, know? Yeah. And some people, if they're healing the gut, they can't do those raw vegetables. You just drink the juice. Mm-hmm. So that's helpful sometimes too, is just doing the juice part. Yeah, yeah. that's a great tip. Mm-hmm. Sandy, you shared so much great information today. And I know you've got so much more great information in your book. You know, if people are interested in learning more about you or where they can get the book, um, where do they find you? So you can go to my website. Um, you can even Google my name, Sandy Starr. Um, S-A-N-D-I-S-T-A-R mm-hmm. or karmic-health.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a marketplace where you can get the book. And, and then the website itself has a lot of good resources. I call it my karmic circle. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of got like books that I recommend, recipe blog, you know, sites, um, companies that are gluten-free, um, you know, and links to some really good videos and that type of thing. So karmic-health.com. Yeah. And uh, your, her book is available for uh, signing. So if you want to get her auto or her bio, no, her autograph, there you go. (laughs) If you want to get her autograph, you can get, oh, and that's a new version, right? Oh, no, this is. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. Okay. There we go. The picture. I see it now. Yeah. And it's, um, and what I love is it's practical. It's got the great recipes that you can just Mm -hmm. start implementing if you need ideas on, on some delicious foods. Yeah, I've got about 56 pages, I want to say, of recipes. I've got a couple of ladies that contributed, which is awesome because I got some good variety. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's, I've also got, um, you know, cooking with gluten-free flours. Um, I've got uh, recipes where I um, will switch things out, like take a regular recipe. And I always say when I look at something, I always say, ooh, how can I make that gluten-free, gluten-free? Yeah. And, you know, my mind goes, oh, wow, okay, I could do this and this. And, you know, because you get the baseline, right? You know, coconut milk works great as, you know, dairy-free and, and that type of thing. So it's got some good stuff in there about that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and at first it was overwhelming, but now it's like, it's, a, it's fun. You're like, oh, it makes you get more creative. And it's like, how can I make it tasty but delicious and healthy mm-hmm. or tasty mm-hmm. but healthy? Um, so I think your book mm-hmm. for people who are start, just beginning is a great start. And then they mm-hmm. can have fun with it too as they go along. Oh, sure. And, it, you know, it's really good for people that have been gluten-free as well that haven't been healing as much or as well as they should be, mm. especially like celiacs, right? Only a certain percent of them actually heal on just gluten-free diet because yeah. they don't, they, they need to look into the GI tract. They need to figure out what else is going on because it's probably candida or leaky gut, you know, that type of thing. They probably can't do dairy, you know, so this book is really good. And that's why I called it Beyond Gluten because it can target both of those Uh, audiences really Mm. well yeah Yeah. (laughs) well sandy it's been a pleasure chatting with you and i loved all the great tips you shared in terms of your diet you know that portobello mushroom recipe was excellent and um i really just it was so much fun and thank you so much for your time of course thank you so much for having me Hey, so I hope you enjoyed the show and a quick thank you to our sponsor, Health IQ. If you've ever wondered what will happen to my family if I'm not around, then I highly recommend you to check out their website at healthiq.com slash food, F-O-O-D, to see if you qualify for a lower rate on your life insurance and make sure your loved ones are cared for in the event that something happens to you. It only takes a few minutes, so check them out at healthiq.com slash food. 
All the links and resources mentioned today are in the show notes at drann.com, and Ann is spelled A-N-H as in healthy. While you're there, remember to jump on the Food as Medicine VIP email list, and you'll get my free gift, The Clean Eating Rules. It's everything I learned about nutrition when I was on my bodybuilding journey, and it's my number one guide for how to eat to lose weight, improve your biometrics, and get more energy. You'll also get my favorite pearls from the show, and this show can be a bit technical and detail-oriented at times when the guests share their specific protocols with foods to eat and avoid, as well as which supplements to incorporate, what dosages, etc., And if you're anything like me, you're probably multitasking and listening to this while driving, cooking, or doing errands around the house, and you really can't be jotting down notes of all the great information that's shared in this episode. So I've taken the notes for you, and by hopping on my email list, you'll get the show pearls delivered right to your inbox, so you can refer back to them at any time. Finally, as a VIP email subscriber, you'll get the occasional love letters from me, which are emails sharing some of my favorite recipes and products, upcoming events, new information I've learned, and other goodies. So go to drann.com now and enter your name and email address. Did you like this episode? Then remember to subscribe to the show using whatever app you listen to the podcast on. Every time an episode is released, it will be automatically downloaded to your smartphone and will be there for you to listen to. And this means you don't have to manually search for the show to see if a new episode has been released. And it also means that if there's any problems with the iTunes store updating, which happens occasionally, then the iTunes store won't... um, It will take 24 hours to publish an episode. And so if you're waiting to see if there's an episode and you're searching for it, you won't see it, even though it's been available and out for 24 hours. So it's just one touch of a button and on any podcast app that you listen to and you won't miss an episode. So remember to subscribe to the show. We've got plenty of great guests coming up, so stay tuned. Thanks so much for stopping by. And until next time, remember to eat consciously because the world needs a healthy and vibrant you. Oh, 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 oh,